We believe inside the ACC. Hello, everyone. A brand new week of college football with Jay Graham. I'm David Gascon. Thank you for joining us today. And Jay, it's hard to believe, but we started this thing off back in August. And now we fast forward. It's week 11 in college football. I hate it because Christmas carols are being sung by Mariah Carey. And of course, college football season is coming towards the end with bowl season upon us. Gas, man, you forgot about one thing, though. You know, it is the week now. This is FSU Miami. This is Renegade. This is Osceola coming out there dropping the spirits. Going to be up there in Tallahassee. It's on. You know how many big plays been in this game? I mean, I've been out standing out there on the field with the president one game, and they were throwing water bottles at us. You know what I'm saying? I'm dodging. They throwing it at the president. You know? I'm like, man, I love that robbery. It's on. Oh, it's, it's on. It's good, man. Like, I don't know where you – I mean, obviously you're going to have a little bit of bias, which is okay, but you put the, this rivalry up there with, with some of the best in all of college football, whether it's Michigan and Ohio State, yes. USC and Notre Dame, uh, You know, obviously what you had in Bedlam. There's just uh, obviously a, a showcase and, and a breadth, breadth of talent across the board. Before we get into this matchup with Miami and, and Florida State, I got to look back to – the first 10 weeks of college football. I mean, I I think one of the bigger headlines in the ACC was what the NCAA did not allow Des uh, Walker to do with obviously his ability to play this season. It's unfortunate, but he's come on like gangbusters. He's been fantastic. But overall, when you look at Florida State and you look at the conference as a whole, are you surprised by any team so far outside of the Seminoles? Well, you know, I was surprised by the Seminoles, you know, obviously to run during the season. But what what Louisville has been able to do this year, you know, sitting there at five and one in the conference, you know, and they're playing they playing really good football. You know, that matchup with Kentucky is going to be a pretty good matchup, you know, coming up later. But they've been able to play some good games. I'm shocked and surprised that, you know, Virginia beat North Carolina. North Carolina was the team that you were looking at. Right. When they beat South Carolina, a really good football team, I know they've had some things, you know, Beamer broke his foot. You know, all these things happen. But you know what? You know, you're looking now, North Carolina's kind of going through a couple things. But who would expect uh, Dabo, right, in Clemson to go through what they went through? A perennial top five team every year, you know, have had their struggles. But then in the middle of the season, to go ahead and beat Notre Dame. You know, I was pumped up for Dabo. Don't y'all talk junk by Davo no more. He is ready. <laughs> he was so hyped, you know, before, but, but after that game, it got me hyped. So it's good to see that staff doing well. So the ACC, they got some guys rolling, you know. You look at Miami that beat uh, Texas A&M in the beginning of the year. We're like, man, did you see how many plays that was made in that game? And then next, you know, the air, you know, came out of it with the timeouts and all that stuff. and uh, Not timeouts, but, you know playing it through the end of the game and having a fumble, you know, but, but this game coming up with Florida state and, you know, Miami, they can kind of resurge that, but it's been a lot of surprises in the ACC Um, been some really good football, but it's nice to see them playing at a high level. Got a got a, got a team uh, right there at the edge, right there at the college football playoffs. Yeah. It's fascinating when you look at it from top to bottom, I I feel I feel like we're probably robbed a little bit from a couple different teams. One of them you mentioned was Louisville. Right. Uh, you, you figure the loss to Pitt. I mean, you look at Pitt a couple oh, weeks ago when they got yeah. absolutely smashed by Notre Dame. But right. the fact that Pitt was the one team that put a dent into Louisville's season. I know That's, Jamar Jordan didn't yeah. play in that contest. Yeah. Plummer accounted for three turnovers, and right. one of them was a pick six. Um, yes. But 
we look at at Duke as well. I mean, Duke Whoa. had a great start to the season, obviously with Riley Leonard uh, leading the helm, but that went against Clemson to open up the campaign, but injuries right. really got the better of them. And, you know, frankly, they've had one of the remarkable turnarounds in all of the NCAA, but it's a shining light on the ACC, especially now because the showcase team, and we alluded to it earlier, Florida State and Miami, take me back to a week because the both teams in in their respective contests, more so with Miami, they really struggled against NC State. Does that take away from anything leading up to week 11? Well, you look at it, everybody struggled against NC State. You know, and that's the thing. NC State is really good on defense. You know, Coach Dorn has done a phenomenal job. You know, I wouldn't be talking about Steve Smith after the game because he, you know, he might want to come and talk to you. You know, Steve's still strong now. You know, I don't want to be talking about Steve. But, you know, they've done a good job there at NC State. So it doesn't take so much away, you know, because this game in itself is something special, right, if you're going to play that rivalry game. But like you said, with Duke and Mike Elko, I I coached with him at at Texas A&M. So it's so great to see him um, and that staff. You know, I know a lot of guys on that staff doing so well. You know, he, he he recruited at a high level. He's been coaching them at a high level. And you know they're going to play defense. But when you get a guy hurt at Duke, you know, it's not like Georgia where your second team guy is going to be a five-star, right? So that's the tough thing. You know, when you get the injury bug there, you know, it's it might be a little bit more of a drop-off from your first team to second team, especially everybody with your third-team guy. Yeah, I felt like watch. I mean, I was probably one of the, of a handful of people in, in the country that was watching North Carolina and Campbell over the weekend. And then I peeked over to Florida State, obviously, with what they were doing with Pitt. I'll, I'll be frank with you, though. I mean, you're right. looking at it from a gambling, gambling perspective and then just the talent of the field. I was utterly shocked that, that Florida State didn't just run right over Pitt. I mean, Pitt hung tough for a little while. Potentially, they were thinking about that being a trap game because they were overlooking their opponent. Right. Right. And it happens because you get to a point where you win in so many games, you kind of, you know, I got to look to the to tough games. Right. But you got to yeah. take every opponent. My opponent has no face. You know, you got to go in and prepare. Those are the teams that get better. And especially when you start looking so much to that college football playoff. What number are we? You got the players saying, are we number three? I remember we won 29 games in a row when I was coaching at Florida State and we're sitting there and you're like, you know, guys got used to winning. They were almost like relieved after the game. You got to be excited about winning and you got to get better throughout the season. And and when you're in that college football playoff, you can't keep staring at it. You got to go play yeah. football. You got to get in the stands. You got to catch the ball. You got to get yourself ready. You got to lift weights. You got to go to class. You got to do these things to get yourself prepared and ready to go play whoever you play that week. Man, but I look back on this now and I hate saying it because obviously we're past that threshold of of having our collegiate careers in front of us, but those things add up nowadays and people fail to recognize it, right? Because right. you have school, you have diet, you have weight training, you have oh, meal yeah. prep, you have to yeah. work out, you got practice, you get film session, and then right. you have the added component of NIL. And I hate saying mm-hmm. this because these guys should monetize what they're doing, but man, you have a lot of different elements that come into play, but I got to go back to when you were playing in college and right. then coaching, how hard is it as a collegiate athlete to emotionally get up every single week for your opponent? It's hard. You know, I always talk to players, even as a coach. But as a player, I had a routine. I did the same thing on Monday, right? I did the same thing on Tuesday. I ate the same thing. I thought the same way. I did everything. But I didn't have all this clutter. I didn't have yeah. – we didn't have Twitter, you know? <laughs> We didn't have Twitter. We I don't, I don't know how to – we had to call a bunch of people and then talk to people. I mean, 
You know, we still had telephones that was online. You know what I mean? Yeah. I ain't trying to right, tell my right. age, but I still got one more play, guys, man. I still got one <laughs> more play. I take it too. But you think right. about all those things they deal with. You know, when you added this component of NIL, yes, you can you can monetize yourself, but you have, if you look at these young men and their schedule, I mean, they got so much they have to get done. You know, nowadays, and you know, I don't know if our twenty-hour rule was a little bit more flexible, a whole lot more flexible. So, you know. The things that it takes in order to get yourself prepared to go play a football game on a big time level, it's a lot, you know. Yeah, and then I mean, on top of that, everything else surrounded it, right? And your social mm-hmm. life. Never forget about that. You got to have some kind of social life, and um, you know, you got to cut it down to a minimum. But all those things are 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 great points you brought up. Yeah, I think the other nugget that comes into all this now, and I hate saying this, but for all intents and purposes in college athletics, it's free agency. The transfer portal, mm-hmm. I think. Although it's it's perfect for these guys and and the women on the on the female side of things, but you you don't know how engaged certain guys are mentally. And I know right. it's always the mantra of next guy up, mm. but if you have a guy that's sitting as a second or a third stringer and he's not mentally prepared to play because he's thinking, right. man, I'm getting no reps. I'm gonna be behind right. the starter. I'm never gonna see any action. And then all of a sudden, his numbers called upon. How mentally right. engaged is he to play that said week, you know? Yeah, well, it's up to the assistant coach. you got to do a great job with the second team, the third team. And it's very yeah. important that you spend time with him. you got to grab the freshman, you know? And I remember being a freshman, and my coach would grab me and say, look at some tape. I need to make sure you're doing these things right here. you got to engage them into doing things to get them prepared and, and, and articulate a picture, right? This time, and it become, become up at any point in time, you got to prepare like you're a starter. And uh, yeah. I hear a lot of young guys talking about it nowadays, but that is a very difficult thing to do, you know, because when your number's called and you're not ready, that's a scary thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to admit, back in my playing days, the hardest thing for me was not necessarily getting ready for Saturdays, and it right. wasn't eating, and it wasn't weight training. I'll be frank, it was learning how to watch tape. Mm. I don't know about you, but I just – I had a hard time – when it came to blocking schemes, that's one thing. But when it came to coverage, that's completely different, especially as like a tight end because you're trying to break things down in a completely different no, element. No. You're worried about pass protection. You're worried about running underneath. But as a tailback, I know for you, that's drastically different because you're worried about the alignment of the offensive line, which right. way they're going. Is the blitz coming up the A-gap? Is it coming from the right. outside? So I guess communication is the other thing too because you're talking about these guys being on the same page and having that right. kind of continuity, if you don't have a bond with your teammates, you are SOL, flat out. Man, I remember the first time I watched tape, you could have gave me some popcorn, guys, man. <laughs> I was I was in that joke like, look at that play, man. That guy pretty good right there. I wasn't watching when I was supposed to watch. I wasn't looking at alignment, right? I didn't even yeah. know what that word, word was. I was like trying to learn. But over time, right, I started to go with the older guys, right? And I hung out with the older guys because I wanted that information. They were like, no, you look here. I'm like, what's a three technique? You know, what's a nose? Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. You know, when you when your guy comes out of high school, you don't know how much he knows. My my high school coach was great, but he didn't teach it that way. So you have to learn those things. And over time, it takes time. You put in an effort. You get with the right people to watch tape, and you put the popcorn away. You don't need that. <laughs> yeah, you're, I would say you're you're looking for Morpheus and Neil, right? Like you just want to read the matrix. <laughs> you want to see like you know That's like it. where that nose guard's lined up, right? The pointer and all whole nine yards. So, um, oh man. You know, all jokes aside, when we think about this now with, with Florida State now undefeated, 
Mm. They're one of the top five teams in the nation. And we can go up and down this right now if we wanted to. But for argument's sake, let's say they're amongst the top four. Now, Washington's going to have a bad argument with some quality wins against Oregon, obviously against Southern Cal. But you put Florida State in there right now with Michigan, with Ohio State, and Georgia. I have to admit, and this is not because we're inside the ACC, but if I'm Jordan Travis, I think I'm just as good, if not better, than those other four quarterbacks right now amongst no the doubt. top four in the nation. Yeah, Travis has been playing at a high level. I mean, he is making plays all over the field, offensively and defensively. I don't know that there's a, there, there's a stronger team than Florida State right now. I mean, you know, you look at the balance of teams, you know, and a lot of times you can just find those little chinks in the armor and go, oh, well, if they're matched up with Georgia or if they're matched up with Michigan or Ohio State, this is where their problems would be. I don't know that you see that with Florida State, but you go into this type of game, right? Florida State versus Miami, and it's a it's a rivalry in itself. So it's I remember going to that game ranked number one and they had, you know, hadn't won as many games. That game came down to a block extra point. You know what I'm saying? Because they were playing in a high level. This this rivalry, just like a lot of those big time rivalries you mentioned, it's a game within itself. And if you win that game, you win recruiting. Everything's on the line right now. You know, Crystal Ball and his coaches, they're like, we're going to get this game done because this right here is a game that regenerates us. It sets everything straight. And it's all about that Miami recruiting down in South Florida right here. And this will be a, a trendsetter, a momentum getter right here when you win it. Man, I'm not going to lie to you. I Southern California cat. I moved yeah. to South, South Florida this year. Man, Jay, it felt like someone hit me with a bat when I got here to the South Florida weather because the humidity, oh, no man. effing joke, man. No <laughs> effing joke. It's yeah, like a hot dish rag like, in your face, yeah. man. It's like, man. man <laughs> I was, I was, uh, I come from Los Angeles and I get down to right. Fort Lauderdale. I probably walked and then ran a quarter of a mile before I got into my full run mode. And it looked like someone took a fire hose to me and just hosed me down. I got to ask you, what's it like playing in South Florida as a football player? Because I hear everything from soccer players to obviously baseball players, but football obviously got shoulder pads and helmets and whatnot. So it's a different beast. Yeah, it's so hot. You just stop thinking about it. You know, you you just say, I'm sweating. As soon as you walk outside, you're drenched in sweat. So getting hydrated is key, you know? And I remember being in practice, I'm like, man, this is a hot day, you know? And after a while, you get used to it, but you got to hydrate yourself. You got to do those things and get yourself prepared. But I remember, I remember being at night down there and I'm like, when is it, when is the temperature going to drop? You know, it's still hot, you know, the sun's going down and it's still hot, you know, just because yeah. it's so humid down there. But I love that weather. I love that yeah. weather. It's a, it's a different kind of special, especially, uh, you know, during football season, when when the sun's now setting, thanks to daylight savings, I think it's going to be an awesome weekend of football. Obviously, things will be shaping up in a, in a couple of days from now. Uh, Jay, looking at Louisville and their body of work this year, they have one loss in the campaign, but it still was an ugly loss. You look at the resume, and you're like, man, this is a this could be a top ten team in the nation. And Jawar Jordan didn't play in that game against Pitt, but Jack Plummer, three turnovers, the one pick six that was costly. And they got absolutely manhandled in the second half against Pitt. How, if you were a Louisville Cardinals fan, how do you feel about this team up to this point, even with the one loss? I mean, they've done a phenomenal job. You know, you look at them and how they're playing offensively and defensively. You know, um, the things they've done, beating Notre Dame. I mean, that's a strong team to beat, you know. And the way that they beat teams, the way they beat Duke 
23 to nothing. No points. You know, that yeah. says a whole lot when you goose egg a team that no one's been – people haven't been able to do that. So they're playing strong on both sides of the ball. You know, they got a great running game. You know, they're able to, you know, play great defense. And I, and I think that's the key. But, you know, they got that ten, the game at the end right there. I think that game, playing Kentucky, right, at the end of the year, that's going to be a very important game right there because that's where you're going to find out, you know. You, you, you're in the ACC, but you're playing the SEC school. And a lot of that goes across ACC to SEC. But that, that kind of gives you an idea, I think, just based on the body of work by Kentucky, kind of what where they stand, right? So I think yeah. at, at the end of the year, I think we'll we'll see a lot of things. They go, they right on the edge right there, creeping into that uh, BCS bowl, um, um, you know, top. And if we get the top twelve or the top fourteen teams next year in college football playoff, that'll be pretty good, you know. I think yeah, they, they, they should expand that, right? I was uh, I'm all for that expansion in college football. I mean, not to make it to the to the level of college basketball when you have the playing games and obviously the NCAA tournament, but. You know, the more the merrier, especially when you're having all these Power Five conferences, having at least one or two teams on the outside looking in. Um, you mentioned some matchups which are interesting to me because I can't help but think about certain quarterbacks in the ACC right now. One of them is getting a lot of love is Drake May. I did yes. watch that game against Campbell over the weekend. I, I admit it. Uh, they were down 7 or nothing before they tore the Camels apart. But yeah. two two things stood out to me is that one, the playmakers on the outside need to make more plays for him. I mean, Des Walker's fantastic. J.J. Jones made some great catches. But behind him, behind Drake May, Marion Hampton, dude's an absolute horse. I can't help but think about Michael Carter and Javante Williams yes. a few years ago that played for North Carolina. And Hampton's right up there. He's got over 1,000 yards this season. Yes. I, I think he's one of the best backs in the country. But there is just something about North Carolina that I've seen this year that if I'm a Tar Heels fan, this team should be providing a lot more than they are. They're leaving points on the field. What you forget about is them, run, them dogs they got up front on defensive line. I mean, they are tall. They are long. They can run. You know, just I just remember watching the first game, you know, of the year when it's playing against uh, South Carolina. I mean, there was nowhere for a quarterback for South Carolina to run. I mean, they got guys all over the place. And talk about – Oh, Hampton right there. He can run that rock, man. He looked like one of those old school backs from the 90s. You know, he about 220 pounds, get downhill. I think he's from Cleveland, North Carolina down there. I went down there and tried to get him, gas man. You know, and he was like, I'm going to North Carolina. I said, I know you're right down the street, but hey, hey, come over there and, and, and play with me. But that kid can run, and he's fast, and he's explosive. But, you know, Drake May got a, got a great supporting cast around him, but he can throw that ball. He could throw that ball. He can hit all the throws. You think about, you know, a guy like Caleb Williams over at USC, but, I mean, yeah. not not far behind, you know, and that's going to be something to come up in the draft as we go up, you know, go forward. But this kid, Drake May, has got a great NFL career ahead of him. You know, I, I could see him getting better and better, but, you know, but showing truly what he is, is going to happen in the NFL form. Yeah, I, I was – I'm not going to lie. I was surprised. I mean, I, I figured with Michael Penix staying healthy – he has had a fantastic season. Obviously, Bo Nix at Oregon and Caleb Williams. Right. But, yeah, Drake May getting plenty of love. And some prognosticators are talking about him being the top quarterback selected in next year's draft. I, I don't know if we need to do all that, but I'd say pump the brakes on that. But, you know, it depends on where you're going. And I don't even know if you're Caleb Williams, you want to come out of USC uh, at the right. end of the season, depending on if you have to be stuck with the Chicago Bears or someone like that. So, It'll be interesting. I, I'm curious, though, Jay, because of obviously your experience and 
the way that you look at tailbacks, having been right. one back in your mm-hmm. playing day, who did you emulate? Who did I emulate? I tried yeah. to emulate like uh, Marcus Allen, but I didn't have that kind of talent. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's funny. Like I took a little bit of something from everybody, you know, but my two favorite, they were like Emmett Smith, you know, and Marcus Allen. I loved them. I loved the way they, they played, you know, and um, yeah. I, everybody was a Bo Jackson fan, you know, and I loved Herschel Walker. So those were my four guys that I really like to, you know, watch what they do. You know, I couldn't run as fast as Bo, but I did track and I was pretty fast just because, you know, Bo did all these different sports, right? Bo knows baseball, Bo knows track, you know? And I was fortunate enough to watch Herschel Walker race Bo Jackson. Think about that, you know? And and it used to be that Bo Jackson won the the short race and Herschel Walker won the 100. So you think about those guys and how fast they were. You know, those are guys that I really like to emulate my game after. And uh, I don't think I quite got there, you know, but you had to, you got to set the bar high. You know what I mean? And, yeah, um, you're gonna, you, you gotta do stars, that. At least at the clouds, right? You out in the front yard trying to get yourself right, you know. So that, yeah. that's that's just what the guys that I uh, I was a big fan of, you know, was those four guys. We gotta get out of here, but before I let you go, final thoughts with Florida State and Miami. Do you think this is a a last second field goal try again, or do you think Florida State's gonna put their foot on the throat of the Hurricanes? Well, I think this game right here is going to be a, a a closer game. You know, you think about yeah. what, what Miami can do. They can score points. You know, they, they can move it. They can do it. You can tell when they get up for a game, you know, i.e. look at Texas A&M. When they get up for a game, they can go play some football. You know, and, you know, a big thing for them is traveling, right? But, but you know, this game is a game in itself, and it's always going to be a tough matchup for the most part, right? There's very few blowouts, right? And if this does happen, it'll be a second half. But I think it's going to be within a 10-point game. I give it to Florida State, obviously, the home field advantage. But I think right here, you know, Miami limping into this game, right? And it's tough when you go play a wounded team that's talented. They're wounded and they're talented. And they they got guys who can make explosive plays. So if they put it all together, athlete for athlete, it's going to be similar now. So it's not much difference between the two. Yeah, and I was going to say two injury concerns I have. Keon Coleman who's banged yes. up, and, yeah. and a Jay Allen from Miami. He didn't play last week, but Mark Fletcher did fantastic for the Hurricanes. He rushed for over 100 yards in that contest, the loss to NC State. But we'll talk about this again next week, Jay, because this could shake up everything else when it comes to the college football playoff format. Obviously, the other teams amongst the top five need to win as well, but we'll catch you again next week. Yes, so, guys, guys, I got one partner. last thing, guys. What's I got up? one last thing, okay? What's up? The University of North Carolina field hockey, okay? A 23-year-old. She was called the she was called a Michael Jordan, okay? The Michael mm. Jordan of field hockey by her former coach who just resigned, I mean just just retired, right? Who was the mm. NCAA winningest coach, right? In field hockey at the University of North Carolina. She was the winningest coach. So she called her bro, uh, her protege right here. So the head coach that resigned was her name is Shelton right? And she called the head coach uh, of field hockey, Aaron Matson, right? The Michael Jordan. She just there got done playing in field hockey, and she was a head coach and they won it. How about that Dang. right there, Gas, man? That's, that's nice. That's, that's pretty that's cool. Nice. I wish that's somebody called me the Michael Jordan of anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's pretty good, especially at 23 and, years old. Yeah, that shout, that shout out is nice. Field hockey it is. So congratulations to her. <laughs> and obviously, uh, 
getting that kind of accolades from uh, from obviously her, her mentors. So that's good, man. We'll go out on a high note like that. So we'll catch you guys again next week. For Jay Graham, I'm David Gascon. Thanks for joining us tonight on Believe Inside the ACC. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.